0: You're going to be farting parted. so much postpartum. <laughs> dun, dun, dun.
1: Okay, wait, let's start with the pee.
0: No. Going poop.
1: And I'm going to die on the toilet <laughs> and another person's going to come out of my butt. Oh my lord. The beauty of stool softeners. Nothing says love like a stool it's softener. Really? Oh yes. I'm thinking about nipples. You're gonna
0: kill me for saying this, but like Uh-oh. your nipples haven't even seen this much action in college. Like this is a lot of action. I'm Always thinking about those nipples. I've... So there you have it, folks. Here are your yeah. podcasters, Jen the farting podcaster yeah. and Elise the um skinny celebrity magazine stealer. The other, the other podcaster. Hey there! You are listening to Pushing It because if you can't laugh without peeing yourself, well, you might as well laugh at yourself while doing it. I'm Elise McAllister. And I'm Jen Laird. Welcome everybody. We're here to talk about all things related to pregnancy, birth, and life with a new baby. And today we are going to tell you all those things that your friends didn't tell you about your postpartum body and life right after you have a baby.
1: Let's, let's pause here for just a second and think about that word postpartum. Wow, that was quite the enunciation. there, Did you like my postpartum? <laughs> Can't you just spell it after I said it like that? P-O-S-T-P-A-R-T-U-M. Um. <laughs> This is very
0: Sesame Street live of you.
1: It is. So I, I'm just thinking about... Uh, I feel like
0: you should have held up the letters and done a little <laughs> dance with it, Jack. I should have.
1: I don't, I'm not sure that um, I heard that word after I had a baby.
0: Yeah, that's true. Did you? Well, only because I had attended births before I had a baby.
1: Yeah. So for those of you out there who have no idea what that post- Postpartum. That's <laughs> me tap dancing
0: to the word postpartum? Because
1: <laughs> so, Jen's on Sesame Street. <laughs> what we're referring to is the time after you um, have had a baby, aka life with a new baby. Yes. So um, it's kind of having a newborn. But um, I'm trying to think of. But it's not about life with a baby. It's about life with your body after you have a baby. But I'm just trying to think of what did people refer to as that time in your life, like, after the baby comes home? Well, they don't.
0: That's the thing. Oh, you know, Jen, this is kind of like I start to rub my hands together because you know that this is, like, my soapbox topic, right? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. This is this like gets
1: me all on fire because we don't talk about this. I think that we talk much more about the squishy cute little baby. Right. than we do postpartum to me and maybe I'm just putting my own agenda behind this word, but what postpartum to me means like equal amount of mom and baby. It's yeah. not just baby. Well, and both parents, not just not just the person who's pushed the baby out,
0: but like the whole family that's recovery, family. But, so but especially true. the person who pushed because the
1: baby. Because postpartum recovery does not refer to a particular birthing person, right? It's right. Postpartum recovery is about a whole family system that maybe it's you and your partner, um, and maybe it's even grandparents or siblings or whoever um, also involved in this baby's life. Um, and it rec- and it's referring to that
0: body. That just took 40 weeks-ish to grow a person. Yeah. And then we aren't talking about it. Yeah. And expecting that body to, like, pop back into some skinny jeans
1: you know uh, i know that's like your soapbox but i'm gonna digress for that for just a second Uh. so what i (laughs) i was just thinking about was um in puberty right when you're gonna start your period so some families are like yes we're telling you all about the things and we're gonna you know show you where the pads are and you're gonna tell us when you have you know you start having your period right the whole family Well, okay, the 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 parent. You grew
0: up in a very different family than I did, Jen. The
1: parent.
0: Are you the kind of family that has the cake that's like
1: happy first uterus shedding? Oh my
0: gosh! Oh, that's gonna be my family. I'm so baking that cake for my daughters. They will
1: kill. They will kill you. That's ridiculous.
0: I love that though. I can't wait. They're gonna get like rose petals from the front door to the cake.
1: Oh, did you see that? There was like a video. Yeah, it's going around on Facebook. Facebook. I love it. I can't
0: wait. I. I mean, my daughter's, my oldest is eight, so I've yeah, got some time. Got maybe, time, maybe, I imagine.
1: Okay, back to my story. Okay, sorry. I gotta, I'm got get so make... excited to bake a cake. I know. I not know. that I you bake and cakes, your but... Bake caking, cake baking, whatever that is. <laughs> um, so I'm thinking about how some families have a lot of communication, and the person starting their period has like a real understanding, and it's not super scary, right? Right. It might be emotional. But it might not be scary. And then there's these poor um, girls who have no idea why there is blood coming out of them. They've never been told about periods. They don't know what to do. And they feel really ill-equipped to handle it. And those poor girls think they're like maybe dying or bleeding to death or what is happening here, right? Yeah. I think the same can be really true of postpartum when you know you've had a baby and you're bleeding and your nipples hurt and you might feel like headed and you feel exhausted and emotional and and we're over here like welcome to postpartum
0: give yeah. me a pee <sighs> Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> With our tap um, shoes on, this is what it looks like.
1: Let's make a podcast about it. <laughs> well, I I don't know. I just think that there's those people who have been informed, and so then it's a little bit easier. And then those who haven't been uninformed, who are uninformed about postpartum, because that's I don't care who has been your provider. There should be really good messages about not just baby care, because you were the person who created that child in your body and so you can imagine it's not actually just about the baby but it's about your body and knowing fear i think comes from the unknown right anxiety comes from the unknown and you have to deal with fear and anxiety about what's going on in your own body as well as figuring out how to feed this child and keep them alive that's a lot yeah Absolutely. So that's why we're here today. We want to give some of that insider information about um, just a few things to expect. We could talk about this literally for hours, and we'll probably do more than one podcast on this topic. Yeah. And our goal is, you know,
0: to keep it to our our. Uh, one of our rotating taglines: normalizing the shit out of birth yes. and not scaring the shit out of you. Exactly. Um, and I promise I won't swear anymore after. Okay. Well, maybe done? a little bit. No, okay, I, that was only two. I get okay. three. Okay. okay? Oh, okay. But okay. that that is one of our taglines, and I we're not here to scare you. We're no. we're here to like absolutely normalize it. So now yeah. we have to all take kombucha shots. Because, yes, please. And I I'm gonna be the first to use the word normalize it. Thank this you. is new. Um, I'm raising the roof. Yeah, um,
1: you just did a little dance over there. At I'm really tap dancing today. I am am tap dancing. She's got jazz hands going on, (laughs) like. I am. I am
0: dancing all over. Yeah.
1: Because you're not in the early postpartum period.
0: Oh, don't get me started.
1: (laughs) So maybe we'll go from there of like what is there. There um, is, yes, some part of a normal or typical postpartum. And then it's all over the place, right? I like to kind of compare it to early labor. Some people get hours of early labor and some people almost skip that phase and go straight into active labor. But nobody ever skips postpartum like nobody Very gets true. to just
0: like push a baby out and then they're suddenly just healed. Yeah. But so uh, but really ultimately our our goal is not to to scare the heck out of you right. and you're like, "Oh my god, I can't have a baby because I'm so scared of being postpartum." The goal is for everyone to have really realistic expectations of what it's going to be like so that you can get some help and know that you're probably not going to just jump back into your skinny jeans and then go to zumba class tomorrow.
1: Zumba is that it's like um, is that what people are doing? I don't know what the people are doing zumba. I don't know. I think it's a But you're not going to go to CrossFit tomorrow. CrossFit bar bar You're not going go to to bar class. What, what do you call that? I don't bar, know. I don't know. Bar I I clearly don't exercise
0: regularly enough. this regularly enough. Um so you're probably not going to jump back into your exercise routine on day two in your skinny pants, because mm-hmm. we all work out in our skinny pants, um, and be cooking meals and taking the garbage to the curb. And we don't want you to do that, but I think that those are the messages that we see all around. I was taking my kids to the uh, pediatrician a couple Gosh, it's been a couple months now. And I got there, and I was in the reception, and I took a, uh, went to the counter to, like, check in. And there was a stack of magazines on the counter, and I can't recall what company put out the magazines. But there was some celebrity in her skinny jeans and her belly showing and, like, some short top, and she's holding a newborn baby. And the headline was how whatever celebrity got back to her pre-pregnant weight at whatever amount of weeks. And it was it was under 10 weeks, I'll tell you that. It was single-digit weeks. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is so incredibly unhealthy. And I don't know, Jen. I don't even know what happened to that stack of magazines. It was mm. like I turned around, and they were just gone. Elise is a shoplifter. I did not steal them. They didn't leave with me. Oh, okay. What did you do? Put them in the trash? I, I have no idea. <gasps> I will admit Elise. to nothing. You're pleading the fifth? Yeah. 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 I am telling you, I have saved a lot of people from shame and heartbreak and
1: frustration and unrealistic expectations. I wish that you had been there when I'd had, was it my second kid, Catherine Zeta-Jones? Oh. Remember her? Of course. Is she even around anymore? Anyway, her, she had just also had a baby, like, literally within a week or two. Oh, we cannot compare to Catherine Um, Zeta-Jones
0: and having a baby.
1: So here I am, you know, looking at her and her little, you know, like, see her today. See her secrets of how she, you know, lost the weight and looks as amazing as she does in a bikini and all the things, right? Oh, jeez. And those were all over the not the... W- I'm not thinking about... Did you about have the internet the- back then, Jen? No internet. That was magazines. <laughs>
0: and I lived in... I Jen lived- was going into the cave and looking <laughs> at the pictures, like,
1: chipped into the... I was in- Carved in the stone. I was in New Zealand, so if I started telling you the magazines that I was reading, then you would were- be like, what? I don't know that. <laughs> it was not people, because there wasn't people. Anyway. Um, so, we... That, that's, I suppose, like highlight here of what we're trying to say is that it, grew, it took nine months for you to grow this human being. It's realistically going to take nine months for your body to recover. And when we say that, we're not just, we're not talking about weight. We're not talking about fitting back into your pre-pregnancy clothes, yeah. but we're talking about, um, you know, things happening with your internal organs. We just had somebody in here this week who is talking about, gosh, it's been how many weeks was she postpartum? Eight 10 something like that and she's like man my my intestines are just kind of weird and I've got like um was farting a lot right yeah she thought she was eating something weird yes and so we were saying hey remember how your baby who was like nine pounds took up a bunch of space in your Body, so your small intestines had baby to be was kind born
0: of, and was nine pounds when she was born.
1: Yes, yeah, had to be squished off to the side, which is all normal and fine, and the way it's supposed to. This is a great design, but then now everything is settling back into where it used to be, and it's S- not like a slingshot system. Those don't go zoom and zoom back. Oh, I'm gonna do a sound effects oh, so. now. Zoom. zoom and goes back. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that be nice? Yeah. So I told her a story that um, I will now admit to the world is that I was probably somewhere more like 10 to 12 weeks postpartum and my small intestines were still kind of figuring out where they should be in my my digestive tract. And um, the baby uh, had not uh, done business in the diaper, but it was actually mama who had had (laughs) some gas and the brother-in-law's like, whoo. I guess we should check the baby I think she just let one or you know whatever so I'm like oh yeah definitely so I go in the other room and knowing full well my child does not have a dirty diaper and then I come back and they're like oh was it really yucky and I was like no must have just been gas but I was not about to fess up that it was actually me who should have cleared that room because and and it wasn't anything I'd eaten it was just I was still experiencing some of that
0: so there you have it folks here are your podcasters Jen the Farting podcaster yep. and Elise, the um, skinny celebrity magazine stealer. Oh, there the we other go. podcaster. True we
1: confession. Feel like we should high five, but you right wouldn't now. be able to see that. No, we're we're v- virtually. <laughs> I will ta-
0: dance across the room to okay, high five you excellent. right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my um, my thought is always, you know, blame the dog if there's a dog, or blame the baby, or maybe your partner if you fart in public. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Pull that weight, partners.
1: Or in a social setting, right? So just know you'll be the farter. Yeah. I, will,
0: I will push the baby out, you will be the farter.
1: <laughs> Somebody's got to take the blame, right? Right? <laughs> um, okay, so that's a little bit about your body. Um, let's talk about. That nobody told you
0: that. I bet your friends did not tell you postpartum. You're going to be they farting so much postpartum. <laughs>
1: Um, okay. Let's back it up. Let's back it up to the
0: beginning. So,
1: like... I just had a baby, Elise. It's amazing. This baby just came out, and now this baby is um, on my tummy, and I'm like, oh, you're so amazing. Finally, birth is done. Yay, we breastfed, and now we're just kind of chilling out and Dun, dun, dun. Oh, you got the sound Thank effect you. right. Thank you. you didn't want to go
0: ear, ear.
1: And I just had a baby in a hospital, let's say, in this setting. Or anywhere, really, because this Actually, happens at least, Elise, just... how about you have the baby out of the hospital? Because oh. both happen here. Um, the provider, whether that be nurse, OB, or midwife, will come over and say, I'm just going to do a little fundal massage. And okay, like, can we just do a little timeout on that? fundle massage business you you almost got excited there for a second massage sweet i get a massage Also, it starts
0: with the word fun oh true i never thought of this yes yeah. no one's putting the fun
1: in that fundle Massage. massage. Yeah, so maybe we need to change the words. First, it shouldn't be fun dull, and second, it should not be massage, because we have just really misinterpreted about All what's this. Ha- I was like, fun massage? This sounds amazing. <laughs> nope. I'm ready for all of that. Sign me up for five. So um, your provider is going to take their hand, and they're going to go just below your belly button, and they're going to rub, and... Let's just be honest, it's not going to feel pleasant. It's like a vigorous rub down on that spot. For, I'd say, you know, 15 seconds ish, 15 to 30 ish. A lot,
0: depending on what your uterus is doing.
1: And then they may or may not say, okay, now I'm going to peel back the blanket and just look and see how much blood is between your legs um, and in your pad. Okay, why the heck is this? non-fun dull (laughs) massage happening
0: well they need to make sure that your uterus is shrinking down and nice and firm so that bleeding is starting to slow down
1: okay so essentially we got this organ called the uterus which is where the baby's been hanging out for all this time and um the blood needs to stop Pouring out of said uterus, Um, or or, wait, let's not use the word pouring. That's (laughs) ridiculous. That was very graphic. That was very graphic. We don't want blood Blood pouring to pour out of uterus. So trickle yes so um yes you're gonna have some leakage of blood but what they're trying to do is to see where that fundus is is it way off to the side or is it nice centrally located in your abdomen
0: and move it on down
1: yep and secondly is it feeling and we're gonna use the word here boggy Or is it feeling firm, okay? A boggy uterus is probably not one that's clamping down tightly to reduce bleeding. And so that becomes more of like, let's take some action to ensure that um, it starts to get firm, right? If it's not firm, then what could be happening is you've got some bleeding in your abdominal cavity that actually hasn't made itself out yet. So again, that is gonna be something that your providers are gonna be proactive about. So fundal massage, it's happening fairly often, Um, Depending on where you're having your baby, about every 15 minutes or so for the first about two hours, Um, give or take. Of course, this is dependent on your providers, where you're having your baby, all that good stuff. And decreases over time, generally. Yeah. So nothing to be uh, concerned about, but also knowing that there's really a reason, a safeguarding reason for your health um, of why a non-fun dull massage is done (laughs) should we trademark that
0: yeah taking the fun out of fundal massage (laughs) one
1: uterus at a time oh trademark (laughs) i like it i like it so that's what fundal massage is all about and why they're doing it and actually yes it is um important
0: it is and I think we often hear people say, uh, nobody ever told me about this.
1: Yes, totally.
0: So, that your friends didn't mention that.
1: Yep. There we yep. go. Um,
0: I think that a lot of times what we hear postpartum from people is that uh, that they're hearing a lot of conflicting advice from everybody. Yeah. And you were kind of speaking to that a little bit when you're like, depending on where you're having a baby, this might happen this often or this often. And Um, that's kind of the name of the game is that everybody has a different protocol, different providers do, but the same with, um, what you might hear about breastfeeding too. Like how often should you do it? Um, is there four milk and hind milk? Um, Uh, do you start on one side and end on the other, or do you only nurse it on one side at a time? Or how, um, how often do you feed a baby or how long do you rest for? Should you be out walking? Should you, um, lots of things at least to keep
1: track of there. I mean, there's
0: so much to do. I won't even, you don't have to worry about memorizing all of those now, but I think that there are so many things that people hear mixed advice about. Yeah true and it can feel really overwhelming and know that um there's you're gonna hear a lot of conflicting advice yeah and it might just feel really overwhelming and this is where you get to pull in some of that intuition about it yeah um and also i know that for myself i was a little bit surprised at how very little intuition that i felt Mm -hmm. right away i guess I thought, like, baby comes out, intuition comes in, and I did not feel that. And that was something I was very surprised about. Mm. Um, I expected that when the baby was born that I was just going to feel this, like, oh, I'm a mother, I know what to do, instantly. And my kids were born at home, and my first, uh, so we're laying in bed, and the midwife and the student and the doula all left, and I'm laying there, and I look over, and I'm like uh, so when do the real parents come back? Like, does anybody know that we are not, like, fully equipped to take care of this person yet? Like, um... Yeah. This doesn't feel right. I don't know. And I just, I felt like... I shouldn't have felt that way. That's not what I expected. I felt like I would just become a very wise, intuitive mom. Come into myself.
1: Huh.
0: And that didn't happen.
1: No. Is it okay if I um, give the um, an, a different experience? Yeah, that would that. be great. Yeah, so um, I had kids um, a little younger in my early 20s, mid, well, mid whatever, and um I think one of my fears in pregnancy was that maybe I wouldn't intuitively know what to do for my baby. Um, I think I shared this on another podcast, but I was afraid that, like, my mom's a baby person, although I was a baby person as well. But my real deep, I mean, I shed tears over this, is that my mom would visit, pick up the baby, and it would stop crying, and I wouldn't have had that same ability, right? So it was a little, like, this was a real fear of mine. So after the baby's born, um, I think we did have some of that, um, took the baby home to the, you know, and then we're like, okay, well now what? She's sleeping, what are we supposed to do? Okay, I guess, you know, and we were just kind of figuring it out moment by moment. But overall, I actually had the opposite of experience of what my fears were, is that I wouldn't have intuition, and yet I found that I did. There was a ton of moments along the way where I'm like, I have no idea what to do here and I'm not sure what and how do I know what I don't know, right? Can I trust that my intuition will tell me if something's really wrong or I had some of those thoughts definitely along the way. But I would say in that really early newborn-y part, I was just kind of like, okay, I feel connected to you and we're just going to figure this out and do it. Um, possibly I'm completely remembering this wrong, um, but in my... But no, I love
0: that you remember it that way, even. I
1: really do. I remember it being a fun time of my partner and I looking at each other and going, okay, wow, what do we do now? And um, Elise would kill me, but um, we (laughs) left the house quite a bit in those early postpartum days, which was... You know in retrospect not good for my healing but we were both like okay we added a baby to our life and she's so cute and now we're parents and i guess we just kind of do some things and you know so it was there were definitely were those sweet times and then there was also i would say into the following weeks where there was more of the how do we get you to go back to sleep? What are we doing wrong? Because we read the parenting book that said, this is what you're supposed to do and babies just do it. And we were doing those things and the baby just wasn't doing it. But when I started to rely back on my um, intuition, things started to get a lot better. So I had to actually throw a book across the room and say a bad word and then lean into my intuition. A bad word. I love it. Jen says a bad word. very bad word. Um so I guess what we're trying to say here is even from our own experiences um for Elise and I we had some different feelings in that early postpartum so we're going to normalize oh. that you might have this baby that comes out and you feel very connected to instantly um or you could have a time where it's like, I'm not sure that I either A, have the intuition or necessarily a deep connection with this baby. Yeah. And that's okay. It's gonna come with time. And um, parenting is a journey. Yeah. Postpartum is a journey. So true. Of up and down. So. And I
0: would say even whether or not you have that intuition or not, or that that feeling of, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do, or even if you feel like you know exactly what to do, a lot of times people need more help than they know they do. And maybe they don't in the first couple of days, but days later too, they need a lot of help. And, um, I remember a few days out thinking, why is this so freaking hard? Like we have two full grown intelligent Mm -hmm. adults and this teeny tiny little human being and we cannot figure out how to make dinner yeah like we're so exhausted and between feeding her and getting to the places we need to get to for appointments and doing all of the things and quieting her down and whatever we needed to do I don't even know what made us so busy and healing um we're like, dinner, dinner, we have to feed ourselves, oh yeah. my goodness, and it just takes a lot yeah. to do all of the things, and um, it can require a lot of extra hands, and I think yeah. we, when we talk to people postpartum, they're like, I don't know, um, the person who brought the baby is going to feed the baby, and the other adult is going to do all the other things, and when you're both recovering from birth, um, usually they both parents have lost a night of sleep, and they yes. both have to recover from that, Yeah, and then everyone's up most of the night or, you know, sleeping in, you know, an hour and a half increments through the night. And maybe
1: you start out solid where you're like, oh yeah, we were really tired for the first two days because we were up all night during the birth and then feeding the baby a lot and whatever. Right. So you're really tired. And then you get a few days in, you're like finding your stride. You're like, yeah, I feel good. Yeah. And then a few more days later, you're like, uh, uh, Hit the wall. Yeah, hormones ran out. Yes, milk has come in. Now i got to figure this new thing out. And um, so I think there's kind of this ebb and flow of energy um, dependent on both external and internal things with hormone shifts and new ways of feeding baby or just getting used to not sleeping solidly for eight hours like maybe you have been used to doing. Yeah. Um, so I think all of that even if you're feeling solid at the beginning, it's okay. Hang on. You might have a downward for a while, but you're going to come back up. Yeah.
0: And it's okay to like call in the people too. So don't hesitate to say, I need some help. I need some food delivered and I need someone to come and sweep my floor or take my dog for a walk or fold the laundry. It's really hard to run a household and take care of a baby on two people.
1: So, um, laying around, um, that was never imparted to me as a helpful healing, um, thing to do. (sighs) So no one told me. Is that side big enough for you? I really shouldn't. It might not be the best for me on the way home from the hospital with a 36 hour old baby to go out for brunch. (laughs) And then probably three days postpartum go maybe four days um go to a dinner um where it was a big gathering of friends and it was a holiday party and then I'm sitting on a toilet in a restaurant trying to figure out how to breastfeed my baby because I'd never breastfed her in public and we had parked in like this weird area so we had to walk like 50 miles probably it was like it was through this big mall and like out to the other side it's funny how I can still remember all this right and um I had a vaginal birth but it was um there was some there was some a lot of healing that needed to take place from that vaginal birth we'll leave it there yes so um no one said don't walk a lot and it's going to take a while for your stitches to heal and things of that nature. So I felt li- really great. And then I did that. And then I'm oh. like, Oh no, 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 no. And I hadn't been taking any over the counter, you know, ibuprofen or, um, Tylenol, nothing like that. And then suddenly my pain is like through the roof. Right. So, um, I think what we are pretty passionate about is telling folks, you need to rest. So yeah. we talked about all the farting, right? But now we need to talk about how that um, perineum, your tissues down below, yep, have been holding up a baby for Those nine months. Those nether regions. Right. They so need to move on back. Yeah, they need to move up and um, they're tired, yeah. right? So even sitting up for long periods of time right after you've had a baby puts pressure on your what should we call it a perineum it's such a big word for everybody it's such a
0: it's just such a i think it's such a foreign word that like us in the birth world we throw that like perineum, perineum around all the time
1: your pelvic floor
0: your, your pelvic vagina
1: floor your tissues. your area between your anus and your vagina that's
0: why i just called it the nether regions which makes me cringe a little bit because i spend so much time telling my girls to use the proper terminology for all of their body parts
1: between your anus and your vagina that area is technically called a perineum there we go there you go we just defined it so that area needs a bit of rest yeah sitting up for eight hours that's not a great idea. Oh, it's going to feel so sore. Yeah. So lay down. And sure, sit up to feed your baby or go whatever. To the bathroom. Yes. But really, we're talking about like probably the first four, five, six days postpartum to try to lay as much as you can yeah. and not put too much pressure on that. So don't be afraid to go to the doctor with your baby because you got to sit in the chair and you heard these people in a podcast say that was bad. not saying that but we're saying as much as you can lay yeah lay and you know it's i mean it's great like lay watch some tv while you're feeding your baby watch a good
0: movie rest like have people visit you while you're in bed they won't stay long and drive you crazy if you're in bed they're more likely to bring you food and expect you to host them
1: Mm -hmm. they're
0: not going to make you make them a pot of coffee if you're laying in bed yeah they're more likely to bring you things which is fantastic yeah so stay in your bed yeah. Um, I said, um, or you said, one of us said, something about getting up to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And that was something that I think a lot of friends forget to tell people having a baby about. Is to go pee? No. Going poop after oh. having a baby. Okay,
1: wait. Let's start with the pee. First, uh. make sure you go pee enough. Yeah, Because that also can lead to more bleeding if right. you have got all this urine just sitting in your bladder, which is pushing on your uterus. And yeah. So and don't just go pee.
0: Take your best friend with you. Your, your best friend with
1: bottle. Oh, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, really? Which best friend? Like, no, but you yeah, might want to yeah, take like, your best friend poop with you, though. Like, your oh, real best friend. Oh,
1: I got some... Oh, I I got got tricks. I I know, but I got a sad story of pooping for the first time. Nobody told
0: me, you guys. I know. Nobody told me. We we didn't know each other. I would have told you all about it, Jen. I would. I would have been there. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Let's talk about pee first. Okay. So take your curry bottle. It looks just like a like an old like a picnic ketchup bottle, like a condiment bottle,
1: right? A condiment bottle. There you go. Put some
0: warm water in there. Aim it down. The stream of urine gonna dilute it. it's not gonna burn so bad to those little splits, right? because you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna have some open openings in your tissues from having a baby. There we go. Skinny, right?
1: Um, I just skinny. took a drink of water as we're <laughs> talking about watering. Is your water Perry bottle bottles. looks a little bit like a? <laughs> it looks like a Perry bottle, kinda.
0: It totally. It's no. kind of a
1: funny little water bottle over here. It totally does. Sorry, um, I interrupted you. That's okay. Yeah. I
0: just think it's kind of funny that you're drinking from a Perry bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Not
1: pure <Perry-ay>, but Perry. <laughs>
0: I'll never be able to look at that water bottle without thinking about vaginas now. That uh,
1: squirting vaginas with water <laughs> yeah
0: i always have that problem
1: okay but let's go okay. into this in more detail
0: okay so you're, and, and when in doubt just pour put some water into your bathtub like
1: a little bit in oh, there yeah. and just squat into it and just pee in it oh n- no oh squat into it let the water cover your right like sit in that sit in yeah the, not squat, okay. but sit so yeah. um when you're peeing is when you're squirting the Water. Right. So you're basically trying to water down your urine. Yeah, dilute it. Yeah. Dilute it so it's not hurting or stinging as yes. it comes out. And typically, I would say most folks do that for about a week, but not too much longer than that. Yeah, typically. It shouldn't be forever. No, no. Okay. Okay. Pooping. Let's talk about poop. Okay.
0: First and foremost, oh. I don't know what the Girl Scout pledge like promise yeah. is, but I'm putting my hand up in a girl scout promise yeah pledge
1: right pledge here in? i will poop i mean you
0: will not have another baby come out when you push poop out mm-hmm. i girl scout promise when you go poop another baby will not come out
1: don't you promise that Jan? i promise that i'm raising my hand as well
0: girl scouts honor I wasn't a Girl Scout though. I wasn't either. Yeah. So it uh, probably doesn't mean much. But I promise. Yeah.
1: Podcaster's honor. <laughs>
0: Doula's honor. Okay, there is not a secret baby hidden in there, but it might feel a little bit scary because the last time you pushed, yeah. an entire human being came out. Yep. Um, but this time an entire human being isn't gonna come out. It's just poop. Um, so not as adorable, but definitely not here as adorable. Is the trick. Okay. Warm wash thoth. Yep. Hold your labia closed, put a okay. little pressure against it, Yep, and just let the poop come out, and you'll feel nice knowing that you're kind of holding everything else in there. It's not that things are going to ca- like fall out of your vagina,
1: but it, but it feels, feels kind of nice to know that you're keeping Deep things breathing. in there. Deep breathing. Deep breathing. Call a friend. Totally. Okay, again, aging myself here. We didn't have cell phones. You, did you
0: bring your landline? Did you bring your cordless I, phone into the bathroom I to I brought call
1: mom? my cordless phone into the bathroom because my husband was at the dentist having a tooth pulled that he'd, like, cracked while I was oh. in labor. So he, he was in pain, like, on the same pain medication as I was. Oh, no. I'm home alone. I'm like... Then I'm looking at my baby who's laying in the like I could see her from oh the toilet God. right. I'm like, what if she cries? I think she's gonna and I'm start to cry, poop. and I'm gonna die on the toilet trying and another to. Another person's poop. gonna come out of my butt. And so I called my mom, who lives six hours away, because I just wanted her to witness if I died, somebody would come and get my baby oh my while I was on the toilet. You booping. know what we call
0: that, right? Someone that talks to you through your first poop. <laughs>
1: what? A poopla, a poopla. Oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> it's not a doula; it's a poopla. <sighs> yeah. So then it's I like a I, whole I, blooming profession, right? A there.
1: blooming profession. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to sign up for that one, actually. You just
0: talk people through their first poops. Yeah. No. Oh, no thanks. No, no. But what I will
1: say is that I um, it got easier. And I figured out um, the beauty of stool softeners. Oh uh, Yes. Yes. Angels chirped, and there right? was there was uh, stool softeners. My Although... friend brought me a stool softener,
0: like an hour after I gave birth. Oh yeah. She dropped it by. Yeah. I was very happy. I actually never had to go through, the like.
1: But I have quite... another. I never had to have a poopla. Well, second time around, I might have gotten a little excited about those stool softeners. That also was a problem. That poses a whole different other problem. That just poses a different problem. But we're not going to go there today. But anyway, a very interesting story nonetheless. (laughs) But if you're looking for a good baby shower gift for a friend, a
0: nice, gentle stool softener. Nothing
1: says love like a stool softener. Really? Like, nobody needs a -a bounceroo. They like need... They, they need a stool softener. But don't go to like Costco and get that kind of size. I mean, no, he's... you don't need that
0: much. Otherwise, no. you're Jen with then baby you're number two.
1: Jen with baby number two. You don't want to. Number that. two with number
0: two. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm wrong. That was number three, I believe.
0: <laughs> Sounds like to... number three.
1: <laughs> it was number three, and I mean, one and two, those are natural. Number three, that is just not natural. <laughs> I don't even know what number three is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it was quite that. Anyway, moving right <laughs> along from this poop that we've been talking about. All right, about. what did what else did your friends not tell you about? I'm, I'm thinking about nipples. <sighs> I'm always thinking about those I'm nipples. I am thinking about the nipples, and yeah. what I'm thinking about is once your once your bum
0: and your vagina are starting to heal up.
1: Well, you still have your nipples. Sensitive nipples, and um, this is kind of a hot topic, and um, <laughs> we um, want to make sure, a, uh, that you rule out poor latch. Oh yeah. Um, tongue tie with your baby. Um, all you know, the things. not Not holding your breast in a way that would help the baby open their mouth wider. And um, so all of that. Oh, yeah. Because it... So let's just say that a poor latch can cause a sore, sore nipples. nipples.
0: And a poor latch also can lead to reduced milk production. Yep. And it it's all a supply and demand situation. And you can yep. get yourself into like a sort of a vicious cycle for breastfeeding so when in doubt get a lactation consultant like we are huge fans of when in doubt just get it checked out like that's it's always a great idea I mean we have folks who are like I don't even think there's a problem let me just have someone check it out just in case I think that's a great idea Um, no matter what no harm can come from it and, and let's just talk about how your nipples might feel. So
1: um, just this week, I had a client say, I feel like nobody told me how sore my nipples were going to be. And the baby is totally gaining weight. We know that. Um, baby's been weighed and is back up to birth weight. So it's not her transferring milk. She has a good latch. It's just that for the first about five days, when she would put the baby on, it'd be... Owie, 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 owie. And she'd have to kind of distract herself. And then once the baby was on for a good amount of time, then it got less sensitive, right? right? Yeah. And I have a very similar experience to that where it was, we, and Elise and I were actually chatting about this about going, before recording, and we were um, talking about how um, pain is so subjective, right? Because I had a baby with a bad latch and never felt pain. Right um so especially in those parts of our bodies right super subjective someone can say how horrible labor was and it was the worst ever and this another person can say ah eh, sure it was it was, was kind of hard but not like that when bad pain yeah. yeah so we want to acknowledge that it can be very subjective and um I'm gonna I'm gonna tread on thin ice here and kind of um, let you know that some folks when there actually isn't anything wrong in the breastfeeding relationship um, and by that I mean you know there's not a poor latch or there's plenty of milk or all these things that we've just talked about that there can just be sore nipples yeah. and that gradually it goes away and um, that, um, I like to say to clients, it's kinda like you're building up calluses. You know, you get a new yeah. pair of shoes, you they might feel okay for a little bit and then you go through the blister stage and then they're your favorite pair of shoes, right? Yep. Um, if we can I mean, I know that's a broad stretch to kinda compare getting new <laughs> shoes to nursing, but a part of your body is being used every two to three that's a hours. Lot. Of around, action. Yes, around the clock. You're going to kill is... me for
0: saying this, but like Uh-oh. your nipples haven't even seen this much action in college. Like, this is a lot of action.
1: Elise McAllister. I know. Oh my lord. <laughs> Moving right along to <laughs> breastfeeding. You may have had a
0: different college experience than other people.
1: <laughs> yes, I did. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, so of course, check this out, but then also don't give up. I think, yeah. um, it's going to get better. Um, even this client, as we were chatting, she's like, you know, today is very different than yesterday was. I feel like something has changed. Now, um, I saw a client a few weeks ago who, um, there was some poor latch going on. There was some, there were some issues. She was bleeding. Right, like oh, this is when we're talking crap. about pain. There's there's a scale here, right? Bleeding from your nipples is not normal, and no. um, it, it won't hurt your baby. But she also
0: saw a lactation consultant. Like yeah, she had extra next help on board.
1: Afternoon, she did. So, um, yeah, um, people don't have to tell you your nipples are going to be sore as they transition. Um, and again, not everybody, but. Some folks do find Some babies that. have
0: a, a powerful, powerful suck.
1: I mean, some babies are like Kirby vacuums, and some are like, <laughs> uh, what do you call those things? The little hand vacs? You know, the little dust buster? Oh, yeah. Those, those don't get all the stuff off the floor, right? No.
0: Some, um, bab- some babies are like
1: Dyson's. Maybe, maybe I should should take it that far, because both can equally draw milk out of the breast. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Whatever. Just think yeah. about the suck. Some suck so, stronger than. No, I like your others. I like your connection there. You like
0: that? So it's messy and it can be a little bit tricky and a little bit painful or tender and you're experiencing all of this and Falling in love at the same time, mm-hmm. and then you've got family coming in, and sometimes, maybe, and sometimes people will tell you how they think you should parent, and sometimes when you're experiencing all of this in your body, you find a little voice or passion behind what you're doing in a way that you didn't expect, and yeah. you're able to set some boundaries mm-hmm. and um, create relationships, or with the relationships in your lives in mm-hmm. a way that you never expected. We often hear people say uh, before they have their babies that they're a little bit worried about family coming in and telling them how they should parent, and they feel a little bit nervous about setting up those expectations. And then they have a baby, and they're like, wow, I'm the one who's up all night. I'm the one with sore nipples. I'm the one who is, you know, having to phone a friend when I poop. And then when their mom tells them actually, you need to not hold your baby because baby shouldn't be spoiled. Yeah. Uh, they they find it really easy to say, actually, this is my baby. I'm going to parent the way I want to.
1: Yeah. Or on the flip side, they have a lot of concern that they're going to have um, parents making those sort of suggestions or family members or friends, whoever, and then they don't. Right? Yeah. So a lot of, like, w- we have to help people kind of do these conversations, like, problem solve around how would this conversation go how can you set boundaries and then they're like oh actually it didn't even become a it wasn't a problem um yeah so it can go either way um but i think having some conversations about hey we plan to breastfeed or we plan to bottle feed and this is how it's going to go um just to have a little bit of a foundation yeah um
0: it's a It'd whole heck of a lot easier to set that foundation either during pregnancy or the first week's postpartum mm-hmm. than it is when your kid's two years old. Right. Because sp- making that change of the those expectations when you've got a toddler is really challenging.
1: Totally reasonable if you've got some family around. Maybe baby is already fed. They take baby into the other room. You're sleeping a bit, but then you wake up and you're like, I want my baby. Yeah. Go get your baby. That's not a selfish thing to do. If baby gets passed around to all the relatives and you're feeling disconnected, that's that biologically you're pre-programmed to want that connection with your baby. So take it back. Yeah. <laughs> take your baby back. Take that baby back. Um, Elise, we're going to wind this up a little bit, but what's one more thing that you're thinking about talking about with all of this? <laughs> i'm thinking about falling in love oh yeah um i think whenever that happens in the postpartum period for you of falling in love with this baby whether that's immediately or it takes some time um i think that's something that i'm surprised by yeah is the amount of um deep love that's different than any other human being that i'd had before right yeah it was a very different kind of love and i remember the amount of emotion that i had looking into her eyes and going i will never do anything to put you in danger and feeling so fiercely protective of her yeah. and then also going through a process of actually i have to let you go because i can't protect you from all the bad things that are probably going to happen life is out of control i can't put you in bubble wrap and keep you safe because you might choke on the bubble wrap right
0: (laughs) (laughs) because it's full of chemicals
1: yeah and that falling in love
0: comes at its own time i think that's what really surprised me because on tv it happens right away the second Mm -hmm. the baby is born and i know we talk about this in another podcast but You know, the baby comes to your chest, and you're like, Oh, you're the missing piece in my life. And that's not the story for every person. And I know it wasn't for me. I was like, Oh, can I get a drink of water? Right. And I was just shocked at how small she was. I was expecting a much bigger baby because she was measuring huge on the inside. Everybody told me I was having a 10-pound baby, and I'm a 6-pound baby. And so that's what I was thinking, and not,
1: Oh. Can I'm, you? That is really interesting, yeah. Elise. That's super interesting because yeah. then this human comes out that you're like, wait, are you mine?
0: Right. Wait, hold on. I uh, I had this expectation for a giant baby, and you are way smaller. I mean, right. so much smaller than I was at birth. Like, I'm, who, where'd you come from, and why was I uh, so big?
1: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, so that was really surprising for me. But then it was like, wow, that was a lot of hard work. Can I just get a, can I get a moment here? So that was it for me. And then, and then feeling so not capable in the beginning of knowing what to do um, and needing that time to kind of find my footing as a mom. And so it didn't come in the first couple of days for me, but falling in love and then falling in love deeper each day and finding that it was a lot of layers of falling in love. And and still more, you know.
1: Because it's a relationship, right? Yeah. And relationships aren't perfect because they involve humans. And no human is perfect. And it takes time. And don't you find that as you develop experiences with anyone in your life that that relationship changes and evolves and goes deeper because of experience? And I think with a newborn, that really makes a lot of sense doesn't it like when this human comes out of you and you're like um I think I know you but I'm not sure that I do either because we don't have we have to continue to lay down experiences for that to grow um so I think it's good to compare it to any other relationship in your life where there's going to be ups and downs and joys and sorrows in it um and not to think of it like all the all the baby talk, right? Is your precious newborn and it's all like sweet and fluffy and beautiful. And we don't always feel sweet and fluffy and beautiful when we've got this baby screaming at the top of their lungs and we're not exactly right. sure what to do.
0: And then that makes us feel even worse right. and less connected. Right. And that's the exact opposite of what we want to have happening. Right. Right. Yeah, and it shouldn't. We should feel fine with that. That's right. okay. We're not we're not supposed to Feel that deep connection every single second because we're not perfect. We're just parents trying to figure it all out.
1: And I think it's a good lesson um, for all of us, too, to remember how to sit with two opposing um, emotions at the same time right? How I can feel um, scared and hopeful at the same time. I can feel overwhelmed and satisfied at the same time. I can feel grief and joy at times at the same time. And some folks might even grieve, um, I'm not pregnant anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're not pregnant anymore, and they're grieving that, but they're also excited about this baby that they've been wanting. Um, Or maybe they're grieving the birth didn't go exactly as they had hoped for. And so you're sitting with joy with your baby, but also pain thinking about the plans that didn't work out in the way you thought they would for birth. And Um, maybe even some frustration of,
0: yes, I'm not pregnant anymore. I'm so happy to, like... In a sense have my body back yeah. and yet I'm nursing every two hours and bleeding and leaking milk and you know, you've yeah. gotta sweat out all that extra fluid and pee yeah. and all of yeah. these other things and I'm scared to poop and yeah. I'm tired, so I don't really feel like I have my body back. So right. I'm frustrated about all of that. Yeah. And so yeah. all of these
1: different feelings and um, yeah. So I think it's a challenge of sitting with Two emotions at once and not needing to tell one of them to go away right yep. like, and like all things parenthood right it won't last forever this is very true
0: nothing in parenthood <laughs> will last forever and as your friends we can definitely tell you <laughs> yeah. that all right
1: <laughs> Well, thanks for listening today. Um, of course, we would love to hear from you and find out um, what are some other topics that you'd love to hear us chat about. Any comments on some of the things that we've talked about. Maybe we'll do another show. If you guys came up with some um, things you wish you'd known before having a baby that we haven't covered today. Of course, we know we've just kind of gotten to the very top of, what am I saying, least The top of the bucket? skimmed to the top?
0: oh i don't know i don't know is that like
1: a phrase that people <laughs> i think you're making things up. okay no now i'm making things up yeah we better go because i'm gonna just keep making things up right? tell us
0: what you think though you can find us on instagram and facebook and at pushingitpodcast.com we'd love to hear from you um and yeah tell us what you think all right until next time